Welcome to the Waymaker Church Ministry Podcast. We hope that you get encouraged while you listen to the preaching and teaching of Pastor Mike Noyan. Some of y'all didn't lift your hand. I, I did this last week and the same thing, exact same thing happened. How many of you are blessed? Some of you lifted your hand because you know you're blessed. Some of you lifted your hand because you just, you know, if I ask you a question, you think you got a vote. How many had a lousy week? How many had a good week? Yeah, I mean, y'all just vote on everything, and that's good. That's all good. But some of you didn't lift your hand because you, you're really not sure. And I think the reason is, is we're going to look at it again today, look at some, some in, in more in-depth of what we're looking at. The reason we don't feel blessed is because of the picture that we have in our mind of what a blessed person looks like. Can we be honest? In our mind, really, what, what, what in your mind does a blessed person look like? A person probably who has it made in the shade, has no worries, has no problems, has, has no difficulties, and a boatload of money. Is that not your picture? In my mind, that's my picture of a blessed person sometimes. Don't have a worry in the world, no problems, no struggles, no difficulties, and all the money in the world to do what they want to do. Is that not really your picture? I mean, sometimes I think that really is our picture. So we began looking last week, really, what does a blessed person look like? What do they look like? And I think one of the things that we looked at is we decided to look at really a person who could give us the best picture of what a person looked like, a blessed person looked like. And really what I decided was somebody who wasn't blessed and then somebody who became blessed. I want you to take your Bibles and turn, if you would, to Psalm chapter 1. We're going to begin reading again today. In Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. Everybody brought their Bible today. Amen. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. A blessed person, his delight is in the law of the Lord. A blessed person meditates in the law or the word day and night. Verse 3 says, He shall be like a tree planted. Who shall be like a tree? A blessed person. Shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in season. So just because you haven't brought forth your fruit doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It's just not your season yet. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth or whatever he does shall prosper. When you look at this particular passage of Scripture and you look at the Word of God, we're looking at a man who wrote this particular passage. His name was David. When you look at David... David had gone through an incredible transformation in his life. I mean, this man had a radical transformation take place in his life. Not only a spiritual transformation where, where his life was tr transformed spiritually, but a, a, a transformation that happened to him socially. His life was totally transformed socially. Think about where he came from, out in the pasture, and now is, is uh, entertaining people in the kingdom in the palace, not only socially but economically, his, his life had totally and drastically and radically changed. Not only that, but positionally. I mean, this man was a common man. He was a common person, very ordinary. I mean, one day when you think about it, he's out shoveling sheep dung, and the next day he's being anointed as the king over Israel. One of the things that we looked at last week in looking at what does a blessed person look like, when you read this particular passage of Scripture, it talks about it makes, it makes reference to a person or a leaf not withering or fading or falling away. Really, to me, what that says is 
even in the middle of the heat, when the heat is on and the pressure's on and the struggles are there, that leaf is not going to wither. And I don't know about you, but sometimes in life it feels like the heat is on. Have you ever been in a situation or a circumstance where you feel like the heat's being turned up on you all the time? Well, what he's saying is this, even when the heat's been turned up on you, even when the pressure's on, that leaf will not wither and fade away. And he says, whatsoever a man doeth, he says, then when he does something, he'll be, he'll be, it will prosper. That will prosper. I don't know about you, but when he's talking about doing something, he's referring to work. Now, when you talk about work, how many of you know that when you do something, there are always difficulties, always challenges, always some opportunities that will arise that you don't foresee. And I think those are important for us. So when we look at a person who is blessed, we have to understand that a blessed person, and this, this encourages me because of the picture in my mind of what I have as a blessed person. When we think of blessed, really a blessed person is not a person who doesn't have some adversity. A blessed person will have some adversity. A blessed person will have some struggles, and a blessed person will have some troubles along the way. We even see that during difficult times, we can still be blessed. That's what I want you to realize today. Because when you're in the heat of the battle, when you're under, up under pressure, there are times in our life that we don't feel very blessed, but we feel very pressured. But even when we are under that type of pressure, facing those type of obstacles, we can still be blessed. Because the thing that I look at and realize, and a definition that we looked at last week is this concerning blessed. Blessed means this, that I have down inside of me an uncanny, innate ability to succeed over adversity. Now, what does uncanny mean? That means it's kind of an unusual thing. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation and you got through it and you look back and you thought, I don't know how in the world I came through that. I don't know how in the world I made it through that. I don't know how in the world that had a happy or a good ending. That's uncanny. The innate part means there's something intrinsically inside of you that gives you the ability, what is ability? See, we think ability is just strength and muscle, but God gives you ability. He gives you wisdom. He gives you insight. He gives you revelation. He gives you discernment. He gives you tenacity to hold on. So he's saying a blessed person has the, the ability within you to hold on, keep pressing forward, knowing where to go and what to do, and eventually you will overcome the adversity that is trying to come against you. Can somebody say amen? That means the adversity that is trying to hold you back right now doesn't have a chance because down inside of you is the power of God to eventually overtake and succeed over that adversity. I think you ought to give God a praise right there for that. The other thing that we saw is that we need to change the picture in our mind of what a blessed person is. We really do. And by how we do that is by the renewing of our mind. God desires that we renew our mind. I can honestly tell you the greatest transformation that has taken place in my life is the renewal of my mind, the renewing of my mind. And how I've done that is through the word of God. Could I do it some more? I need to do it even more. It's constantly needing to be renewed. I don't know about you, but I understand that battles are won or lost in the arena or the theater of our mind. Can somebody say amen? I understand the word of God when it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That means your life will follow your thoughts. Think about that. If you change your thoughts, you're going to change your life. I want you to take your Bible. I, I've been reading another passage of Scripture and dwelling on that this week. Take your Bible again and turn, if you would, to 2 Ephesians. Take me just a second to turn there. 
second, not second, second Ephesians, Ephesians chapter two. What? You know what? That was about the most sarcastic what I've heard in church in a long time. What? Ephesians chapter two. Was that Frank? Frank, I am so, you weren't confused. You know where liars go. I always, I always tease my brother-in-law. I said, you know where, because he works over Gateway. I said, you know where liars go, Gateway. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children or works in the children of disobedience. Now, what's he saying right there in verse 2? You want my translation? You was a heathen. You was just a downright heathen right there. But he's quickened you. He says, among whom also we had our conversation in times past. In the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh. Anybody had conversation about the lust of the flesh? I don't want to know what it is. I just want to know if you've had it before. Anybody ever fulfill the desires of the flesh? Oh, you guys aren't going to vote at all this morning, are you? End of the mind. And we're, and we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he loved us. Aren't you thankful for the great love of God and that he loved us? Now, this particular passage is talking about, he says, in times past, he said, you acted this way, you talked this way, you thought this way, you responded this way, you responded just like the world responded, but he has quickened your mortal body, he has changed you, and things about you have changed. And some of you are thinking right now, but Pastor Mike, you don't understand, that's the way I've always thought, that's the way I've always responded, that's the way I've always processed information, that's the way I've always handled myself, that's the way I've always dealt with issues. Can I tell you this morning, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past, it's a new day. I said, it's a new day. And if you want to change, if you want to see change within your life, you're going to have to change some ways. Can somebody say amen? amen? Here's the problem with many of you today. You're getting too many impulses from where you came from and not enough impulses from where you're going. That means you need to change the picture in your mind. What you continue to see is the picture of where you came from. You're getting too many pictures and too many impulses of where you came from and not enough pictures and information on where you're going. You need to change the picture in your mind. Do you honestly see where God is wanting to take you? He talks about conversations. In, in times past, we had our conversations. This is very interesting right here because he's not really talking so much about chit-chat or conversations. But he's talking about, if you look at that, he really means lifestyles. He said, we had our lifestyles in this way of thinking. We had our lifestyles in this way of doing things. Our lifestyle, our lifestyle became, this is how we did things. This is how we responded. This is how we talked. And really, when you look at it, 
what you're trying to break off of your life now your 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 spirit has been saved but what you have to do is change those lifestyles that have been ingrained inside of you the the way that you've always thought and responded and done things the way that you have thought has become a lifestyle for you the way that you talk has become a lifestyle and he's saying those things need to change in Jesus name he goes on to say this we also had our conversations or lifestyles in time past in the lust of the flesh now, when we start talking about the lust of the flesh, most people think about what? Here, all the men. Sex. 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 I could hear that all the way up here. Sex. Yeah, most people, when you talk about lust of the flesh, they think sex. It is one of them, but it's not the only one. I've seen people lust after a lot of things that weren't sex. There's an Old Testament word called covet. And it's along the same line as lusting. And a person who covets does this. It means to look on, to look on with longing, to look onto something with longing for that. Can I tell you that there are people that covet your position? You have worked all of your life to get where you are, but there are people who haven't done a thing uh, let me say it like we said back home. There are people who haven't done a cotton-picking thing. And they're coveting your position. There are people who will covet your position. There are people who will covet your money. They haven't done anything. They haven't really tried to better themselves, but they want what you have. Can I tell you that there are people who will even covet your spouse? Can I tell you that the flesh craves all types of things? There are people that are craving today and coveting, craving, looking upon things and desiring it. One of the things is recognition. There are people who are craving recognition. If I could just have the recognition that she has, if I could just have the acceptance, they're craving to be accepted by someone. If I could just be accepted by people just like they're accepted. If I could have, they're craving power. If I could have the power that she has, if I could have the influence, they're craving those things. But watch this. He says, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, our flesh craves and desires many things. And he says, and, and our what? What does yours say? And our what? what is your, do you have your Bible? Y'all told me you did. Did y'all turn? He says, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and our, our mind. Our mind. So lust isn't just a physical thing. Lust is a mental thing. Do you see that? God is saying to us this, transformation starts in where? Our mind. I told you last week because some of y'all, 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 what happens is when we come into the church, when we, when we get born again or we get saved, change our life, give our heart to the Lord Jesus, many times what we do is we begin to look around and think, you know, I don't quite look like the people here. So what I need to do is I need to kind of change my outward appearance. I need to kind of change some things about me. I need to change the way I talk. You start calling people brother. You ain't called nobody brother ever in your life. Well, hello, brother. Brother. You start doing all types of things so you can, what, fit in. And really that's not transformation and change. What happens is many times our spirit gets saved, but let me tell you something, our mind, that's why he says you have to, don't be conformed to this world. Don't let the world shape you, Romans chapter 12, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Sure, you gave your heart to the Lord, but still you're struggling with those thoughts and those issues in your mind. Is there anybody here that still struggles sometimes? Praise God, three over here maybe. Liar, liar, y'all struggling with lying today. 
Here's what you need to hear. This is a good illustration of this. One of the things that, that you see over a course of time and going to the hospitals is, and, and you get called to the hospital numerous times is the birth of a baby. I like to get there after the baby's born. Okay? Sometimes it doesn't work that way. I've gone to the hospital and I said, look, I don't need to go in. They said, no, it's, there's not a problem. I've gone in before and, and a lady was, her family, they was in bed and she's doing this. I said, I, I can come back. No, it's not a problem. She's all covered. I said, I can come back. I'm thinking, I don't know what's about to happen, but it's not looking good to me. And why is it? Why is it that they feel a need to explain to you what they're doing? If I wanted to know, I would say, what y'all doing? I can shut the door and just go, I wouldn't go in there if I was y'all. It's not going to be good. But what they're doing many times is, is that baby is about to be born breech. And they do all types of things to try and reposition that baby, to turn that baby around where that baby what? Comes out. Comes at what? Head first. Because the best way, the best way to be delivered is what? The best way to be born is what? Head first. Can I submit to you this morning the best way to be reborn is to come out head first. Come on, somebody. That's what you need to do. Oh, you got saved, but your head is still. Come on. Let's be honest this morning. So the best way to be reborn is to come out what? Head first. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to come out head first. There's a great story in the Word of God talking about the prodigal son. I just said, what, say one thing. I didn't say strike up a whole conversation back into prayer. There's a great story about the prodigal son. The prodigal son, the story, just briefly, let me just fill you in on it in case you haven't read it, is, is a great story. It's about two, two young men who lived with their father who who basically had everything that they ever wanted or ever needed provided for them. One of the sons decided one, at one point in life, he said, give me everything that is mine and I'm going to leave. I'm going to depart. The father granted him that wish, gave him everything that belonged to him. The son left. The Bible says, and it says in, in the word, that he squandered or spent everything that he had. And when you read on, it says that he ended up living, living in a pig pen. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around hogs or pigs. Any, any of y'all ever been around? I'm not talking about bacon. I'm not talking about a sausage on your plate. I'm talking about been around hogs. How many of y'all have been around hogs? How many of y'all have not been around hogs? I can assure you, if you ever get around hogs, a bunch of hogs, you will think twice about eating bacon or sausage again. It'll make you go, oh, I'll eat it anyway. But I'm going to tell you right now, they are the nastiest, nastiest, stinkiest things you will ever in your life be around, ever. They're nasty. So here's this boy. He had everything that he wanted, and now he's living, he's living in a pig pen. Muddy, sloppy. I'm sure he had mud between his toes, mud all over him, corn husk stuck to his, to his body. I'm sure, I'm sure he was absolutely physically in an absolute mess when you look at him. But all of a sudden, catch this, all of a sudden he was physically there, but all of a sudden he mentally left. If you get nothing else today but this, get this. The Bible says, and this is what it actually says, he actually came to his senses. 
He actually came to his mind. He started mentally thinking about where he had been and what he had left and what he had lost and what was available to him. Catch what the Bible says. This is after he has mentally gotten a picture of his father's house. The Bible says, he says to himself, I will arise. How's he going to arise? That's physically. I'm going to get up from here physically. And he says, I'm going to arise and I'm going to go. Where's he going? He's going to the place where he, that he had visualized in his mind. So what I'm telling you is this. You will always go where you are thinking. Think about that. Here he has a picture. He's in the middle of a mess. He has lost everything. And all of a sudden he gets a picture in his mind of where he could go and what he could have. And once he has that picture, he says, I will arise. Notice this. Had he not gotten a picture, he would have stayed right where he was. Some of you need to get a picture of where God is wanting to take you. And once you get that picture, then you can begin to say, I will arise and go to the place that my Father has prepared for me. Can somebody say amen? amen. You need to change your thinking. Y'all don't really hear what I'm saying this morning, do you? I mean, because if you think you're going down, I'm going to tell you something. Guess what? You're going down. If you think you can't make it, guess what? You will not make it. If you're thinking about leaving that woman... You might as well say bye-bye because you're going to go where you're thinking. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? If you'll change your thinking, you will change where you're going. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You need to begin to speak over your life as you get that picture. That's why it's important to change that picture. I will arise and go. Can somebody say amen? He goes on in the verse to say this in 2 Ephesians. I'm just teasing, Frank. He says, and we are by nature the children of wrath, even as others. What he's saying here is this. The type of thinking that we have going on inside of our mind, the type of acting, how we respond, how we, how we deal with issues, it's just our nature. That's just who we are. We were just made that way. We can't help ourselves. It's in our DNA. That's what he's saying. And some of you sitting there going, I told you, I've been telling you for years, that's just the way I am. That's just the way I'm made up. That's just who I am. Now, before you get on that soapbox too much, let me go ahead and finish this. Let me read it again. He says, we are by nature the children of wrath, even as others, but God. I said, but God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But God, I, I used to think that way, but God. I used to act that way, but God. I used to be that way, but God. Are you not hearing what I'm saying? I'm, I'm in a crisis, but God. I'm in debt, but God. I'm stressed and overwhelmed by life, but God. My marriage is in trouble, but God. Is anybody here today knows what I'm talking about? Whatever you're facing today, you need to put a but in it and say, but God, hallelujah. Glory to God. Mama was broke. Grandma was broke. Grandmama was broke. But God, are you hearing what I'm saying? Going through hell today. But God, doesn't look like I'm going to have a way out. But God, hallelujah. Glory to God. I better get back to Psalm chapter 1. Let me read this here just a little bit. Let's look back at Psalm chapter 1. I'm almost wrapping up here. So he said, my Lord, my Lord, I can't believe he's wrapping up. <laughs> Psalm chapter 1. 
That'd be first Psalm. <laughs> For Frank. Psalm chapter 1. Everybody found it? That's good. I haven't. Here we go. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now notice something here. I think that we, we I want you to look at because next week we have, we have some more that we're going to look at in this. There are three don'ts and a do. I mean, we, we, we title the message blessed, but we could have a subtitle, three don'ts and a do. There's three don'ts and a do. And we're going to look at the second don't right now. So the first don't was what? Blessed is the man that what? Blessed is the man that what? Walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, taking the advice of the ungodly. The second one is this. Here's the second one. Blessed is the man if you don't stand in the way of sinners. Now, when you read that, you can almost get the feeling of thinking, okay, what is saying there? I'm a blessed man if I don't get in the way of sinners when they're trying to come to the Lord. I don't want to be a stumbling block. I don't want to be in their way. I don't want to be holding them back. It's not saying that at all. It's not what it's talking about. What it's saying here is it means don't do things the same way that the world would do. So what he's saying is this, because we've, we first of all look, catch this, there's, there's, a, there's a course of events that takes place here. He says, first of all, you're blessed if you don't what? Oh, can y'all please work with me this morning? For reals? I'm getting tired. Can you work with me? What is the first thing? For heaven's sakes, you're not getting a trophy this morning on working with me. What is the first thing? He's blessed if what? Not in the counsel of the ungodly. So you're blessed if you don't take the advice of the ungodly. Here's what happens if you take the advice of the ungodly, then you get in the way, then you get in the way of sinners. In other words, you start, you start acting like them. So you've taken their advice, you're listening to them, they're speaking into your life, you're receiving everything they have to say, and, that's, and then what happens, the next step is then you begin to act like them. You begin to do things like them. You begin to respond like them. Not only are you thinking like them, but now you're acting like them. So he's saying this, you're going to be blessed if you don't act like the world, if you don't do things like the world, if you don't respond like the world. And people, what, what you do is you pick up their behaviors and their habits. Have you ever heard old people say, I'm just stuck in my, my ways? Well, you better get unstuck, baby. I'm just stuck in my ways. That means they're stuck in their habits, stuck in their conduct, stuck in their behavior, stuck in ways of doing things. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? You need to be receiving this message. If you, listen, I'm going to tell you straight up this morning. If you're asleep this morning, you need to get to bed earlier so you can get to church and get the word. I'll be bringing your backside up in here, parking it, sleeping. If you're going to sleep, go home and sleep. Sorry, a little wound up here. He's saying you need to change your ways. You're taking the advice of the world. Some of you are running to the world for their advice. You want to hear what they have to say. Why not run to the word? See what the word has to say. See what the God of the universe, the creator of the universe has to say about your situation. Matter of fact, just so you know, he's the one who created the person you're listening to. Why not just go to the source? So not only now are you receiving their advice, you're acting and responding just like they do. You can't tell the difference between you and the world now. He's saying you need to change your ways. Some of you need to change your ways. 
Some of you need to change your ways to save your marriage. It's called a dramatic pause. Because in your mind, you're going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. I said, you need to change your ways to save your marriage. She loves you, but now she's dealing with your ways. He loves you, but now he's dealing with your ways. Come on, somebody. Some of you need to change your ways in order to be happy. You need to change your ways in order to be happy for the rest of your life. You're sitting there thinking, I just can't. I just can't do it. I've tried, and I just can't do it. I can't change who I am. I just can't change my behavior. Really? You do it awfully good at work. Because I know you got to or you wouldn't have a job. Well, Pastor Mike, I, I, I just speak my mind. I just keep it real. Well, that's stupid. Better be keeping it real to yourself. You don't go to work and keep it real. I'll tell you right now, you came to work and keep it real at my place, you wouldn't have a job for that long. Repercussions or not. I'll show you real. You don't, you don't keep it real. When you're having a bad day and you, you go to work, good morning. Welcome to J.C. Penney's. No. No, it's more like, good morning. Welcome to J.C. Penney's. And the reason you're doing that big old smile is because you're working on a commission. And you're thinking, I got to be nice because she looks loaded. <laughs> and the kicker is, the kicker is you will change for people you don't even know. I just slapped you in the face and you didn't even know it just then. You'll change for people you don't even know. And the people you do know, they catch hell all the time. Next week is more the same, just in case you're wondering. It's going to be great next week because we're talking about, next week we're going to be talking about bitter people. It says don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't be hanging around bitter people. Bitter people are dangerous. So God is saying today to you, to me, change your ways. He's saying this, yes, you got saved. Yes, I'm in your heart and in your life. And I think this is, this is, the reason this message is helpful to you and to me is because of this. Because many times when we come into the kingdom of God, we think all of a sudden everything should be different. Because the scripture says, behold, old things have passed away, all things have become new. But then we have this little issue called our mind. And, and then we start feeling guilty. Come on, is there, is there anybody else to know what I'm talking about? And then we start thinking... I'm the only one. All the rest of these jokers in here, perfect. Don't have a problem at all. They don't think like I think. So then what do we do? We all put on our church face, our church smile, our church act, and act like we all just fine. 
when we all have these struggles going on inside of our mind. That's why I told you last week, just because you got saved and baptized doesn't mean you have amnesia now. Is that right? That's right. If you could roll a joint before you were saved, probably roll one today. Today. Why? Because you don't have amnesia. So what we have to do is we have to what? Renew our mind. We have to renew our mind constantly. And that's what changes us from the inside out. Because you're going to live a frustrated life if you're change, trying to change things from the outside in. Because all you're doing is putting up a facade. Faking it, in other words. Why not just start transforming from the inside out? Because that's where it needs to happen. Why I'm teaching this today is because I want you to know that just because you have those thoughts doesn't mean that you're not saved. It means that you have to renew your mind. Constantly renew your mind. Jesus himself, if you read the word in Matthew, Jesus himself was, was tempted. I mean, how was he tempted? By thoughts. Spoken word, think on it. Think about it. The thing is this, is to not be lured in by those thoughts. It says bringing into captivity every what? That it exalts itself against the knowledge of God or the word of God. I told you several years ago we had a horse. I thank God we don't have one anymore. It died. That's when you're supposed to go again. Oh. Poor horsey. I never did like that horse. I don't know if you can relate to this, but every animal I've ever owned, let me, let me back up, every animal my children have ever owned, they will flat, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're, a young, if you're a young couple bringing up kids, they will lie to you. They will look you in the eye and lie to you. I promise, I promise, if you just get it, I'll feed it every day. I'll wash it, I'll clothe it, I'll house it, I'll feed it, I'll clean its hooves, I'll wipe its nose. I'll do everything for that horse. I love it. Really? How come then I'm out at 9 o'clock at night because nobody has fed the horse? Stumbling through the yard. Trying to find the wire cutters because ain't no fresh bell open. Got to go back to the house, get the wire cutters, come back out here, cut the bell open, throw the horse. You think I'm glad to see that horse at 9 o'clock at night? Mm -mm. I'm not glad to see that horse. Another reason I don't like that horse is every time that horse would get out of the feedlot, it was like he was demon-possessed. I mean, that, you couldn't get that horse to barely walk across the feedlot. It just kind of dragged along. Kind of look at you. Drag on over here. But get it out of the feedlot. It's like, I'm thinking, let's take you to Riddosa. Let's make some money on you. This could work. I mean, it's like you couldn't catch him. You couldn't, it's like, come on. And that's the same thing with our, it's our same thing with our thoughts. Once they get loose, whoa. 
it's hard to catch them and bring them all back in. That's why he says you have to renew your mind. Now we're going to look at some things next week concerning bitterness. Now I just want to mention this to you and I'm done. Because all, all of us in here, it, it, life's interesting. Have you noticed that? We get hurt by people. Anybody in here been hurt by people before? This section just, just weak, weak voting over here. Could we get them signed up? We got, yeah, county official here. You, you could sign them up for voter registration, couldn't you? See, right? Right here, right here. Where was I going? What was I saying? Bitterness. Thank you. Wow. Slipped the cog there. All of us have been hurt by people, right? Here's the funny part. All of us have hurt people. Isn't life a kick in the pants? I mean, think about it. All of us. But the thing that we hold on to is what? How they hurt us. We're quick to forget. Really? I did that to you? I said that to you? For reals? All of us have those things that come at us. All of us have those things that hurt us. Here's what you have to do. You have to deal with it and let it go. You have to. And it's a process. You have to deal with it and let it go. People that have said ugly things, you have to deal with it and let it go. If I, just like you, held on to all the ugly things that have been said just since I started this church, to my face, behind my back, or anywhere, I would be bitter and I'd be at home right now. I'd be home or fishing or something. I'd be anywhere other than where you are is what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? So what you have to do is you have to process it. Let it hurt your feelings. Come on, let's be honest. Let it hurt your feelings because it's going to hurt your feelings. And it may, make, it may just hurt your feelings and then you may just get mad. Just go ahead and have a good mad. Deal with it. And then let it go. The problem, the problem that we have is working with people who are bitter. We're going to look at bitterness. It says you're going to be blessed if you don't sit in the seat of the scornful. In other words, you can't be bitter and blessed at the same time. What he calls blessed. What he calls blessed. Because there are a lot of people that have money that are tormented. And my, my word for them is give it to me. Because I could enjoy it. I'm not tormented. I will make good use of it. That work? We're going to look at that and we're, we're going to look at doing things. Because blesses is a man who, who does something. Because some of you want God to bless, but you ain't doing nothing. You got to do something before he can bless something. So we're going to look at that. I'm closing. I'm done. Here's the thing. We used to think that way. We used to act that way. We used to respond that way. But God. And you may be here today and you may be struggling with your thoughts. You may be here today and, and you know, you... What, what has happened to us many times in Romans chapter 12, it says, be not conformed. Don't let the world shape you. Be not conformed. Well, some of us have been in the world long enough that it has shaped us. 
And you need to be honest today and say, you know what? It has shaped me. It's changed me. It's made me into who I am. But I want to be changed by the renewing of my mind. If that's you, I want you to stand this morning. If you want to be changed this morning by the renewing of your mind. Maybe your thought life is giving you problems or struggles. I want you to stand this morning. Now, I want you to go ahead and stand. I want you to stand. Here, here, here's, here's the clincher that I really want to pray for this morning. I really want to hit this right here, Sherry. I want us to pray for this because I firmly believe this is a real problem for a lot of people. You're getting more, you're getting more influence and more input from where you've been than you're getting input and influence from where you're going. Just like the prodigal, his life was a wreck in shambles, in the muck and the mire. If you would have looked at him, I would have looked at him, we would have thought, there is no hope for him. The only, catch this. He didn't get, a, he didn't get a, a telegram. He didn't get a written invitation. He didn't have somebody come riding up on a horse like they do in the movies and hand him something to read. All he got, all he got, the only thing that changed was how he thought and what he saw. I'm praying, this is what I want you to pray, that what you see and how you think and what you see and the picture of what you see and where you're going changes today. My heart hurts today because as I look around this, as I look around of those of you that sue this morning, I know where some of you are and I know the struggles you're facing and I know the heartache you're dealing with and I know the frustration you're walking through and I know the defeat that you're, that you're, that feels like that is surrounding your life. But I'm telling you today, just like that prodigal, he says, I, he began to think of where he was going and all of a sudden he said this, I will arise and I will go. I will arise and I will go to my father's house. My prayer for you today is that God will begin to change the picture. How's that going to happen? By the renewing of your mind, changing your thoughts. If I went through what the past year and a half, if I, if I sat up here and told you detail by detail of the past year and a half of what my wife and I have had to go through and put up with and deal with and struggle with and, and just day to day babysit, You'd be going, my God. But in my mind, what I have to do is deal with what I have to deal with and keep a picture of where I'm going in yes. my face. Yes. Meaning this, I'm not staying here. Yes. There's not a fence big enough to keep that kid in that pig pen. He got a picture, and I'm telling you right now, I look at my life and I go, yes, I'm dealing with this. Yes, I'm struggling with that. I've got to walk through this, but this is not the environment I was created for. I'm not staying here. I'm moving on in Jesus' name. And you need to get that picture for yourself. You say, how long do I have to do this? How long do you want this kind of life? I fought a good fight. I'm going to fight my way through and receive everything that God has promised me. I am not giving up in Jesus' name, and you're not either. Let's pray. Are you ready to change that picture? How many of you are ready to change that picture? How many of you are ready to get the influences in your mind of where you're going instead of just where you've been? Hallelujah. Let's Heavenly pray. Father, we come to you. And God, first of all, we thank you, Lord, that you never leave us the same. God, we thank you for the picture that you have given us of our future. Lord, we thank you for the hope that you've given us for our future. And Lord, we thank you that it is not in vain. But Lord, we thank you that we can trust that picture. We thank you that we can trust that urging. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, even now, God, I thank you for each and every man and woman that has stood. Lord, I thank you for their courage and for their strength and for their boldness to say, I'm not going to listen to the influences of my past. I'm not going to listen to ungodly 
wise counsel. Lord, I'm not going to follow in the way of the world any longer, but Lord, I am determining today to follow your way, to follow your pathway, to keep a picture in front of me, Father, very clearly, and to have input of my life, Father, of my future, Lord, not of my past. Lord, I turn a deaf ear to the past. I turn a deaf ear to the environment of my past. I turn a deaf ear to the picture of my past. And Lord, I embrace the future. Lord, I embrace the future. God, I pray even now, Heavenly Father, that nothing would stop us from going forward to be that which you've called us to be. And Lord, I specifically pray even now, Lord, that even, Father, even sometimes our uncertainty over how good it looks. Because Lord, we look at how good our future looks and we think, really, I can't have that. My family's never had that. I've never even known anyone that had that. And God, we get afraid and we get intimidated because the future looks too good. It looks too bright. It looks too hopeful. But Lord, I thank you, God, that you will not even let us stop our own advancement out of fear. Father, that it's too good. But Lord, we embrace it. We embrace our future because we embrace it as your child. We embrace it as your redeemed. We embrace it not as the center of our past, not as the weakness of our past, not as that which has enslaved us in our past, not which has prospered in our family in the past. But Lord, we embrace it. Father, we embrace it free. We embrace it whole. We embrace it as your child, as your chosen child, as the one that you have loved from the very beginning, as the one that you loved in the pig pen, just as we lived in your house. Lord, I thank you, God, that your love has never changed. I thank you that your future has never changed for us. And Lord, we embrace it even today. Lord, we let go of our past. We stop listening to the past. We stop embracing the past. We stop meditating on the past. We stop thinking about it. Lord, we stop being drawn to it. And Lord, we look to our future. God, I pray that you would put blinders on our eyes, Lord. You said in your word that narrow is the way into God. Narrow is the way into the kingdom. Lord, it's narrow because we need to quit looking around. We need to keep looking straight ahead. So, Lord, we stop looking behind us at where we were. We stop looking behind us at who we left. We stop looking behind us at what was there. We stop looking to the side to see how we can take a detour. And, Lord, we set our course like a flint and we boldly go forward, Lord. We're not going to be deterred. We're not going to be separated. We're not going to be slowed down. But, Lord, we are going forward into your plan, into your fullness, and into your abundance by your power and your might, Lord, in Jesus' name. Somebody ought to lift up a shout of praise this morning. I'd like everybody to stand if you would. Listen, I, listen, I, I, want, I want to make sure you understand. This is not just some little message that I'm throwing down this morning and going, well, this, I, this mind thing is for real. I was probably the most miserable person you could have ever met. From the outside looking in, I had a great life. From the inside looking out, I was miserable. I, I know what I'm talking about, about a few things. I'm not an expert in every area, but I do, I'm not an expert in this area, but I do know what has happened in my life. That means even in the middle of adversity, I deal with adversity and I refocus and go, but... I have a great life. I told somebody just this, I think I was talking to you. I said, I know this is happening. I know that's happening. I know this is what's going on. That's happening. This is going down. But in the middle of everything, I have a great life. Really? Yeah, I do. I do. I was fussing going to the gym the other day. I thought, why have I got to do this? People eat ice cream all the time, Darwin. I, all the time and I can just walk by the ice cream counter and gain 10 pounds. What's, why have I got to do this? Why, what's up, man? I just 
belly aching about it. Turn the corner down at the stripes going up Atkinson and here come a man on a wheelchair with no legs. I just kept talking to myself. Now, now, now what you going to say, big boy? Shut up and I'm going to get to the gym. I'm glad to go now. You see what I'm saying? We, we, we have a blessed life. You, you may have some problems. You may have some difficulties. You may have some struggles. But you're blessed. You have a good life. It really depends on what you're focusing on. I've changed my focus. Do you realize that every time my phone rings, it's usually about somebody needing something? Do you know that over time that can wear on you? But you know what? I still go, but you know what? I have a great life. I, I, go, I go to court. I go to jail. I go to prison. I go, I go to the hospitals. I see all types of things. And many times when I walk out of there, I go, thank God. I thank God for my health. I thank God for my health. See, if we begin to look around at what other people, but what happens many times we get selfish and we just, we're focused on us. And when I begin to look around at all the problems and difficulties and everybody else has, I begin to go, you know what? I've got a great life. I really do. With all the pressure, with all the struggle. So what I want you to see today, with all the pressures, with all the struggles, you have a great life. I'm not saying you have a perfect life, but you have a great life. I want to give, I just feel prompted to do this. If you're here today with every head bowed, if you're here today and you would like to give your heart to Jesus Christ, your life and say, I surrender to him today. If that's you, I want you to lift up your hand on the count of three. Be bold this morning. One, two, three. Lift it up. All across the sanctuary. Lift it up, lift it up. One, two, lift it up. Three, four. Anybody else? Five. Now I want you to do something else while everybody else is standing. Heads are still bowed. I want our SPTs to go ahead and step out. If you lifted your hand this morning, I want you to step out as well this morning. Go ahead and step on out. Step on out this morning. Come to the altar. Make a, you, made a, you made a private profession, but now let's make a public decision and come on down or public profession, excuse me. Let's give them a hand as they're coming. Praise God. Go ahead and step on out. Okay, I, I want to do one more thing. Can we give them a hand like it were your child because they, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yes. Why don't you come down with him, Amy? Come on down. I want him to, I want him to make a public profession. Come on down, son. Come on down here. Come on. Let's Come on down. The water's fine. If you, can, if, you can wear, if you can wear that mohawk as good as you wear it, son, you can come down front, baby. You're all right. You're doing good. I wonder what I'd look like with a mohawk. What do y'all think? Some of y'all going, don't go there, don't go there. I want us to pray this prayer. If you came this morning, I want us to pray this prayer. Those of you that maybe there were some that didn't come this morning, I want us to pray this prayer as a body together with you. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me, wash me, and make me whole. I renounce every work of Satan that I've allowed to touch and influence my life. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering my prayer. I'm your child. You're my Lord. In Jesus' name. Let's give God a praise. Right over here with those guys right, right there. They got some information for you. Father, I thank you today for your goodness and mercy. I ask God that you be with us. I thank you for your word today. We're not going to just be hearers of the word.